Today inside your bulletin there's a short note sheet to allow you to follow along with what I'm doing and to know how we're doing with that. Um, today we're going to take a look at, at the, the topic learning to trust God and we're going to use the life of uh, a guy by the name of Joseph to talk about that. Joseph being the, the father of Jesus. And um, as we do it, um, I first want to say that, um, you know, it, it's real easy to trust God when things are going well, isn't it? You know, when the, there's money in the bank account, when every relationship is clicking and going well, when things at work are going well, when the, the neighbors and you are getting along, um, and even on those occasions when your spouse uh, is getting along with you, um, that's an easy time to trust. But, but you know what? There are times when it's a little tougher. There are times when maybe the relationships aren't there or the health is missing in a loved one or um, maybe financially you struggle. Maybe you sit down for Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner and there's an empty chair where a loved one used to sit. It's a little tougher. Last Christmas was one for Ann and I. It was a little bit tougher. And as we sat down, it was like we were joyful, but we weren't. Yesterday, we gathered uh, with our three boys and their wives and the four and a half grandchildren. Uh, we have one due in March. Uh, and so as we sat down with that, and just for me uh, as Papa, looking out and seeing the joy on their faces and, and seeing uh, the, the talking, and oh my goodness, the Christmas carols. Um, I'm not so sure God was honored through that, but we had fun singing. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, as we got together, I, I this morning sent a picture of the 12 and a half of us again uh, in our backyard, sent it to um, all three sons and, and daughter-in-laws and, and Anne as well, and just said, my cup runneth over. Because it, it's in times like that you, you remember. But then also... You think, too, of those that are missing. Uh, my godfather, Grant, passed away this year. Um, and I know from talking to some of you that there are family members missing, either who have died and gone on to the church triumphant, or family members missing just because, um, well, things aren't good at home. That happens. In each of those situations... I want to show you today a simple way to simply trust God regardless of the way it looks. Um, we can learn that from a guy by the name of Joseph. And one thing I don't like about Christmas is having these candles down the center aisle. And, and I got to duck and bob and weave to see some of you, but um, I'm going to stop, okay? Um, and so as we take a look at today's lesson in the life of Joseph, uh, we see in chapter 1, verse 20 of the Gospel of Matthew, um, 
as he considered this, as Joseph considered this. Now, what you need to know is what Joseph is considering is the situation he's got himself in where he has a woman that he is betrothed to be married to. Her name is Mary. You guys know this. Now, in this situation, being betrothed is where you're actually living together as husband and wife, but there is one thing that's taken off the table during the betrothal period. You do not consummate the marriage. And so uh, I saw this several years ago in a museum we went through, but there was an actual betrothal bed. Do you know such a thing existed? And what it is, it's a double bed with a 16-inch board that goes down the middle of it. Therefore, it's a betrothal bed. You sleep with that board down the middle for the first year that you are betrothed. And then after 12 months, you can remove the board and actually sleep together as husband and wife. Um, and so as I saw that, um, you know, I go, ah, that makes sense. And so as we look at this, as Joseph considered this, they're betrothed, they're living together in one day. His betrothed comes to him and says, um, honey, I'm pregnant. And it's from God. And Joseph knows he's behaved himself. And it's not his, so to speak. Now, as Joseph considers this, he, he looks at it. Guys and women... How would this play out in your life? Um, if I looked at it and Anne had showed up to me uh, shortly before actual wedding date, you know, when that all is done, it's like, really? <laughs> You're pregnant and God did this, not because I know I didn't. Uh, <laughs> it would be like, next? Uh, you, you know, I mean, at, at the least. And, and so at this point, Joseph is considering, he's like looking at it going, you know what? I don't really want to stick it to her, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to quietly divorce her. Because they could do that. In that that day, all you had to do is take a note and say, as a man anyhow, I divorce you, hand it to a woman, and you were done. And so he could have done that, and he was considering doing that, letting her save face, letting her, you know, avoid some of the disdain, some of the problems. But um, in the middle of him considering this, an angel comes and says, hey, Joseph, she's telling the truth. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife. Because this child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph has something to think about here, doesn't he? Hmm. Because if I actually go through with it, people are going to be looking at me and saying, he couldn't wait. He cheated the system. Because they can count, you know. Back in that day, even though they used the abacus, they could count to nine um, and know whether or not um, it was legitimate. And so uh, Joseph looks at it and he's thinking, you know, gosh, what do I do? do? Do I put up with people whispering behind my back or laughing at me or joking about me uh, not being able to wait? And Joseph considers all that. And he says, well, I'm going to trust God. For whatever reason, Joseph says, 
Okay, I'll follow this. Now, interesting, what would have happened if Joseph would have said, nope, I don't buy it for a second. A little bit later, Joseph and Mary have um, some magi or wise men come by bringing them some gifts. Remember what the gifts were? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, these are fairly extravagant gifts. And as the the magi bring them to him, they they visit Joseph and Mary, they they bow down and worship him, and then they move on. And that night, Joseph, in a dream, again has an angel appear to him. And this time the angel says, Joseph, pack up right now. Don't wait till morning. Don't wait till next week. You know, forget about the appointments you've got scheduled for this week. It's time to go. And so in the middle of the night, Joseph packs up Mary, wakes the baby, gets the baby all set, packs up all their stuff, and leaves. And they go back to Nazareth, right? No! Instead of Nazareth, where they know people and can go back and have connections, the, the angel says, go to Egypt, where you know nobody. And so they pack up. Now, fortunately, some magi have just recently bequeathed them with some gifts that may help transition. And so they go to Egypt, and they're there for a while because right after that, Herod comes riding into the town of Bethlehem and its surrounding area, and he slaughters every single baby under the age of two years old. If Joseph had not listened to that angel... Son of God may never have lived to die on the cross for our sins. And then after a while, after things have quieted down, the angel comes to Joseph. Where is he now again? Egypt, that's right. And so he's in Egypt, and the angel says, okay, you can go back, but don't go back to Nazareth where you've been living or excuse me, don't go back to Bethlehem where you've been living. Go back to Nazareth, which is like 90 miles north uh, rather than in, Na- in Bethlehem, which is down south. And so they go back and return there. And the whole story goes on. Jesus grows in wisdom and stature and all that. And grows to be a young man and whatnot. And you know what? That is all we hear about Joseph. We don't hear about how he, he taught Jesus anything uh, woodworking or prayer or any we don't hear about joseph being involved with jesus as a young man um, basically at the age of 13 is the last time uh, that we see the father of jesus involved in his life and i don't know at what point he passed on or, or dropped by the wayside but that's it and you know it's, it's interesting because in, in the whole story if joseph doesn't trust what god's saying the whole deal could have been off. The whole thing could have been in trouble. And so um, I ran across this quote the other day, and it kind of sticks with me, is that God takes full responsibility for the life fully devoted to him. Think about that. God takes, if we are going to fully devote our lives to God, um, God will take full responsibility for what happens and what doesn't happen. I mean, imagine with Joseph, if they'd gone to Egypt and um, it wasn't the right thing to do. 
Imagine with Joseph, if he'd returned to Israel and fallen into a place where the leader said, ooh, the new king's here, let's kill him. Um, in other words, God takes full responsibility for that. And so as we do this, um, there are three simple steps that I just want to share with you uh, to learn how to trust God. Um, and this is something interesting enough, it's been a message that, that God's been throwing at me day after day. I mean, it's like almost every time I look at scriptures, it's like, well, uh, okay, that's the lesson. But um, it's pretty simple. One uh, is listen for God. Is God speaking to you today in your quiet time, in your prayer time, in your alone time? Um, you know, sometimes we need to take this thing and instead of looking at, see, you know, what our friends are up to or, or what the latest post is or what's going on in the market or, or whatever, we need to put it to the side and just say, you know what, I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to watch, I'm, I'm going to listen to what God has to say. Uh, right below that uh, in your outline, I, I've put the, the lesson from today. Uh, we got verse 120, which we've just read there. Um, and then it goes on to say, um, uh, she will have a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now the name Jesus means he saves. So give him the name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Well, Yah's name is he saves. Um, and so and all this will occur to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet who says, look, and this is from the prophet Isaiah. You can find it um, back there. Look, a virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call the son Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this happened about 600 years earlier where Isaiah speaks this word into his community that, that's um, kind of struggling, kind of suffering. Now, imagine that happens. They're struggling. They're wondering where God is and how God's going to help. And this young mother has, has a child. And what name does she give him? Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. You know, as she calls him for dinner, calls him in at night, um, she reminds everyone of that. Well, that prophecy was fulfilled then and with Jesus. Um, and so steps for, for trusting God begin with, listen, what's God saying to me? Uh, what's God saying for me? And again, um, trusting God is a process that we learn to adapt into our lives. Second thing, um, follow God. It's very simple. Not only do we listen to what God has to say, but we follow what he has to say. You know, as a husband, I learned this early on, uh, that when God, or, or Ann, excuse me, <laughs> I'm going to burn someday, aren't I? <laughs> when Ann tells me to do something, I can't say, okay, honey, and ignore it, right? Um, and so um, it involves following what they, they ask you to do. Um, and so when Joseph woke up from the dream, he did what God told him. He did what the angel told him to do. He just simply followed and did what the angel told him to do. And then third, um, in that process, as we listen to what God has to say, as we follow, we're obedient to what God has to say. The third thing is, then in that process, we learn to trust God. I mean, imagine Joseph. I mean, he didn't know how God was going to pull this whole thing together with Mary and this, bo this son or this baby that, that he didn't impregnate her with. 
But he said, okay, I'm going to follow along and see how this plays out. And one day uh, he did have the opportunity to see his son, his boy, uh, pay for the sins of the world. Um, And so after the wise men were gone, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream and says, run to Egypt with the child and with his mother. Um, Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. There were hundreds of babies killed in and around Bethlehem at that point in time. But Jesus wasn't one of them. And so that night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. Uh, in the process, I mean, I'm sure word got to Joseph what had happened there and the, the tragedy with that. Uh, but Joseph said, hmm, God had a reason for telling me what he told me, for me to follow what he told me to do, and for me to trust that he would work it out okay. Well, if you flip the page, um, I've got eight other stories that give you that same lineup. I mean, God comes to Noah, and what does he tell Noah to do? Build an ark right by the lake, right? No, it's like in your backyard, build an ark. And can you imagine the neighbors, you know, coming walking by, hey, Noah, um, how are you getting that to the lake? Uh, you know, and as Bill Cosby famously said years ago, how long can you tread water? Uh, you know, and, I mean, it's something, as we take a look at this, I mean, God comes to Noah, says, build an ark. And he goes, why? You know, and then God says, okay, get two of every kind of animals. What? Uh, you know, and on and on and on. God says that. And as Noah did that, God showed him each step of the way. And Noah trusted God. With Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 through 25, you can read the story of a guy who follows God all the way from his homeland into the promised land and, um, and, and trusts God in increasing manners to the point where towards the end of his life, he is even willing to trust God with his beloved son, Isaac. Uh, it's an amazing story. Uh, also in Genesis, right after that, you can see the story of Joseph, who um, his brothers uh, sell into slavery, ends up in prison in Egypt, and how learning to trust God to work all things out is a good thing to do. Uh, Joshua in chapters 3, 4, 5, and 6 in the book of Joshua shows us the story of how he takes the city of Jericho by storm. Now, does he use batting rams and cannons and tanks and all that to take down the walls? No, nah, he uses his tuba. Huh. I mean, tell that one. I mean, and so Joshua follows God's um, advice and learns to trust him. <coughs> Ezekiel once stood with God in front of a valley filled with dead, dry, brittle bones. And God says, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel was smart enough to say, God, only you know. <coughs> and then God gave him the direction. And he spoke. And the bones came together. And God said, now call on the wind. And the wind came and the spirit and the bones and the flesh and the sinew all came back to life. Um, Daniel chapter 3 tells the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who are told to bow down before King Nebuchadnezzar. And they said, nope. And Nebuchadnezzar said, well, I got a furnace here. I'm going to chuck you guys in. You're going to burn to a crisp um, if you don't bow before me. And they go, no, our God's able to save us. And then they go on and say, but if not, we'll still worship him, not you. 
And so, you know, that's the case. Um, Jesus in John chapter 11, uh, raising Lazarus from the dead. He walks to the tomb of Lazarus uh, against the wishes of his 12 disciples who are saying, we don't even want to go near that place. Against the wishes of Mary and Martha who are mad at Jesus for not showing up sooner. And he looks into the, the tomb of Lazarus who's been dead now for more than three days. And Jesus says, Dad, thanks for listening. Lazarus, come out. Um, Jesus knew he could trust his heavenly Father. And then Acts chapter 9, Ananias is called by God to go and heal a guy by the name of Saul who's going around killing Christians all over the place. And Ananias, you know, probably at first looked at God and said, you got to be crazy. Um, But Ananias went and healed the guy by the name of Saul from the blindness he had. And Saul became the most prolific um, evangelist in the history of the world. I mean, these it's time after... We could be here all day telling these stories. It begins with listening for what God has to say, following what God calls us to do, and then trusting. Saying, God, I don't know how you're going to pull this off, but I'm going to trust Uh, You know, yesterday, as we sat and gathered together as a family for our Christmas, um, I was holding one-month-old Blair for a little bit of the time uh, while we were doing this, and she was kind of fussy and crabby. So I pulled this out and started sharing this message with her. She (laughs) fell right asleep. (laughs) And I said, I still got it. (laughs) I, I don't know where you are in your family. Uh, this holiday season finds, for me anyhow, being a time that's filled with great joy and, and hope and happiness. But I know that's not everybody's case. I want you to know that, that both Pastor Mark and I know what it's like to be in that place where uh, you've got to reach up to touch bottom. But it's okay because... There's hope. And and hope doesn't mean I hope something good happens. Hope is knowing that we have a Savior in Jesus who will always be there at the right time with the right response and giving us the opportunity to see that life that he calls us to is one filled with joy, happiness, and purpose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for those seasons where we have heard your voice and seen the direction you've called us and even seen the miracle that you've worked in and around and through us. God, I pray for those who are struggling today to find hope. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would visit them with the power of your grace. That you would visit them with a message of comfort, encouragement, and hope. And I pray that as we come into this season of Christmas, that Jesus would be born in each one of us 
in a new way that the Prince of Peace might live in our hearts and minds. This we pray in his name. Amen. Um, I've included a, a prayer of the unknown Confederate soldier on the back of this. I'm not going to read that at this point in time, but um, basically this one, you know, the, the punchline on this is at, at the very end. Uh, he says, I got nothing I'd ask for, but everything I'd hope for. Um, and, you know, there are ways God works that out where we don't get what we want, but we indeed get what we need. Um, because God takes full responsibility for those who are fully devoted to them. Okay? No. What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus You didn't want heaven without us So Jesus, you